I'm Dave Rubin. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell. And today we've got a RubenReport.Locals.com community Q&A for you. Uh, but most importantly, I hope that you had a really lovely, uh, peaceful, decent family and food-filled Easter weekend uh, for those who celebrate. And if you celebrate Passover, I hope uh, you enjoyed your matzah and the story of Exodus and all that good stuff. We're going to start today's show with a little bit from Jordan Peterson's uh, biblical lecture series that he's doing on Daily Wire Plus, uh, talking about the significance of Passover and Exodus and creation. I thought that would be a nice way to start this week uh, post-Passover. Well, we're actually technically still in the middle of Passover, but post-Easter. Uh, and then we will dive into a bunch of questions from you guys, and I will let you in on a little secret. Technically, we did pre-tape this because I let my guys go home for Easter, but we will be back live tomorrow. I just blew up the whole illusion, holy cow. Uh, before we get to any of that, uh, let me talk to you guys about Birch Gold real quick. You know, inflation has consequences, and as the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Visit birchgold.com slash Dave to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you to convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to the volatile market into an IRA in precious metals, gold and silver. And the best part, it's tax sheltered. Visit birchgold.com slash Dave today to claim your free info kit on gold with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers and countless five-star reviews Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Visit birchgold.com slash Dave today. So I thought it would be nice to do something sort of related to the holidays right now and uh, Passover and Easter, obviously. And uh, Jordan Peterson is, is pretty much the best when it comes to translating these old ancient texts into our modern language. And on the Daily Wire Plus, he has done a series of these biblical lectures and these roundtables, uh, including a, a really fantastic group of people, Jonathan Pajot, uh, my friend Dennis Prager, of course, and a whole bunch of other people, biblical scholars, where they dive into meaning. They dive into the difference between a literal translation and a figurative translation, the importance, the, the push and pull in how real or important this stuff really is. And I wanted to play a little bit of uh, the round table, them discussing Exodus and well, you just take a look yourself. Why is it the Passover that becomes the memorial and the foundation? And is it the sacrifice of the innocent? And it's because it's the sacrifice of the lambs and the blood. And so is the idea here that the foundation of the proper state is the voluntary sacrifice of the innocent? Is it's, is that what's happening? It is, no, I don't think it's, I don't think, I think that we need to see it really in terms of, of Egypt as, as 
opposites. So you have the end of a world, Egypt ends, God takes the seed out of Egypt. We have a new beginning, which is also based on sacrifice. It's based on voluntary sacrifice, but that's the magic of, of the, the Passover sacrifice. It's as if, if you're willing to give your firstborn to God, God will give him back to you. That's the surprise of so willing it's sacrifice. Okay, so is it founded on the principle of voluntary sacrifice? I think so. No. You don't oh, think so? You no. don't think so. Okay. I think the plain and obvious thing, this was the night of liberation. Right. I agree with they that. They went out right. that night. But, but there's also a sacrificial no, that's, element. That, that's that's, that's too, in the Passover, how it happened. But the basic thing, and they remember it through history, isn't it, Dennis? They were well, free we that night. Well, we say in our prayers over and over, just as for the Christian, the, the crucifixion and resurrection are the central events, I believe, of Christian theology. The central events of Jewish theology, and I didn't make this up, it is constant in Jewish prayer is creation and exodus. So the reason I wanted to play that clip and hopefully uh, you celebrated uh, Easter or Passover with family and friends and got to retell the story of the crucifixion of Jesus, the Passover Seder, the importance of uh, leaving Egypt, going to the Holy Land, the Promised Land, all, all of that stuff. But I, I thought the end there of what Dennis said, the importance of exodus and creation, I thought really kind of dovetails nicely with so much of what we're going through right now as a country, so much of what I've been talking about here, is that we are sort of, it seems to me, coming to the end of something, right? Like there's so many people waking up, we are coming to the end of say the baby boomer stranglehold on everything, this, this gerontocracy that has been in charge for so long, we are coming to the end of that, right? So then there's the exodus after that. We have to get on the other side of that, but it's not easy to just get on the other side of that, right? The Hebrews wandered around for 40 years before making it uh, to the promised land. And we now have to create something, right? That's what I'm always talking about. We have to build new things. We have to let that thing go. You know, there were a lot of, a lot of Hebrews wandering the, the desert that were going, can't we go back to Egypt? And then they created a golden calf because they only knew slavery. We've only known one world in this culture war that we're always fighting. And it's, it's hard to blaze a new trail. That's what Exodus is all about, leaving and then the creation of the new thing. We have to create new things, whether it's cultural institutions. I don't think we need new political institutions. I think we have to return to the original intention of our political institutions, uh, but we need new tech, we need new everything. And uh, dare I say, despite the fact that that was a table full of, let's say, older white men, uh, there might be some more insight that you can get into a little bit of that. So I just wanted to offer you that little nugget uh, before we get to the Q&A. Let me talk to you guys about Manscaped and then we will get right to it. I think you're gonna like this to read. Manscaped is here with a deal you can't pass over this Easter season. They've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass. So make sure your downstairs lawn is mowed. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with code Dave. Inside this ball care bunny basket, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold on to your goodies. April's Easter, but it's also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most 
common form of cancer in men 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code Dave at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code Dave at manscaped.com. Hop into the best deal of the year with Manscaped. And now back to me, rubenreport.locals.com, community Q&A, here we go. Elizabeth Kay says, what do you think about the latest push for CBDCs, central bank digital currency? Do you believe this lame indictment is a distraction for more sinister policies the Dems are gonna try to push through? Look, this idea of a centralized coin, it's really quite bizarre if you think about it. The whole idea of Bitcoin, the whole idea of cryptocurrency was that we would decentralize commerce, right? So because these coins were not just on your computer or in your wallet, they are decentralized, right? They're all over the internet and then you're able to trade them and it has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. It has nothing to do with the US dollar or anything else. It can't be tracked by the government. It's, it's a libertarian utopia, but there's a certain degree of irony in that the United States government, and by the way, many Western governments now, want to create their own coins. And the problem is if we were to all get on their coins, as opposed to coins that they could not control. So Bitcoin, they cannot control. I have some Bitcoin. Let's say you have something I wanna buy, a nice piece of art, whatever it might be. I can send you Bitcoin. It's only, it's peer to peer. It's you to me, that's it, right? Uh, they wanna make Bitcoin faster. That's a, that's a whole other thing. The exchange is faster and everything else. Uh, but it's us doing commerce with each other it has nothing to do with the government, taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Once you have a centralized coin, which is what you're referring to, then the government can basically look at your wallet and be like, oh, you bought that from him, you bought that from her, you sold this to that person, and now their hands are in everything. And if you think they don't tax that and just recreate the whole racket that they have going on right now, uh, well, yes, they will, I hate to tell you. Uh, so do I think that the Trump thing is a distraction from that? I mean, I don't know that those things are fully connected. I think there's often things that are somewhat distractions from more nefarious plans. Uh, but I am 100% for the idea of cryptocurrencies, particularly Bitcoin, and decentralizing as much commerce and, and everything. Contracts, they can do smart contracts and a whole bunch more. I love the idea of decentralization. The idea that the government's gonna come in and give you a centralized coin, it's just a recreation of the problem we're trying to get out of right now. Uh, Tony says, I know you all are super busy, but when is the potential Florida meetup for those of us who couldn't go and drink tequila with you in the swamps of DC? Okay, you have my word. We will do this middle to, to end of May. We will do something in Miami for sure. I, we've been trying to, it's just been between the kids and traveling and so much going on with the show and I'm doing a million other things. We just really, it has been hard, but I got a really cool spot that I'd love to get some of you guys to. We will do it in May. It will just be for local subscribers, so stay tuned on that. Uh, Mary says, what do you think of the idea of secession from the blue states that keep putting in such corrupt politicians? How would this work? What would it look like? Is that our only hope to get this country back? Look, if, if federalism would work as intended, the states, the states would each be their, their little laboratories of democracy, and they would have very little to do with each other. That is what we're starting to see in some degree, right? So a silver lining of COVID is that we saw that there was a stark difference. It just wasn't about taxes and that some states don't have income tax and some have very high income tax. It was that there were all sorts of differences on policies related to lockdowns and mandates and, and everything else. And then what you started seeing was, wow, the culture of these states is different. The people behave differently. Like the, the general state right now 
if you're in California or New, or New York is, is pretty depressing. It still is. Believe me, I've been back to both places. Like it's, New York feels like a zombie of New York. I don't have to tell you about the craziness in, in Cali, obviously. So look, I'm, I, the question is what makes us united? We, are the, we can either just be the states of America, and it's like, what, what is that? What is, the, what is the connective tissue? Or were they United States of America? I would prefer that the 250 plus year experiment that we've been doing that has brought more liberty to more people than anything in the history of the world, I would prefer that that continue. But there really is a problem. And the blue states are not gonna stop. And I keep telling you, the activists and the progressives and the machine and big tech and the media, it's never gonna stop, right? Like there isn't gonna be a day when I'm gonna start doing the show and it's gonna be like, oh, you know, you're not gonna believe this, but on, on CNN and The View and MSNBC and all of the cultural apparatus, they're actually starting to make sense. Like it's too late, it's just too late. Look what they've now done with DeSantis, the same thing that they're doing with Trump, right? For years they told you Trump was the worst thing ever, now they're moving on DeSantis on that. So it's like, no matter how moderate our guy is and he doesn't mean tweet and anything, they're always gonna keep moving. So I don't know what we do. The problem, the inherent problem, and I have, I have discussed this with a million people on this show, the inherent problem is that if the red states, I'm not talking about secession, but if the red states basically were like, we just want nothing to do with you anymore. I don't know what that means exactly, but the blue states will not stop. They will not stop. They will say, this is where all the racists and bigots are. They will demand that the federal government do something about it. God knows what they would do with the army or, or just who knows, who knows. So. All I think you can do within that is move to a place that is in line roughly with your values, do the best you can to vote in the right people and do, do whatever you can do to strengthen your local community. That's what I'm trying to do here. And you know, on the margins, if we, can, if we can get better people in at the federal level, maybe we can fix some of this stuff. But I don't have hope that California is gonna turn around or New York is gonna turn around, turn around or something like that. I just don't, they've made their choices. After COVID, they've reelected all of the same people. Gretchen Whitmer was reelected in Michigan. It's like, okay, have at it, but don't try to take away our freedoms. And the problem is we wanna separate from them, but they still want what we have. And that, that's just not tenable for a very, very long time. Uh, Kyle says, hey Dave, when will they add M to alphabet soup LGBTQI plus? I mean, it's about sexual preference. When will they add in minor attracted people? maybe skip that and just add the P for pedophile. I mean, the whole thing is so stupid. And it's like, if you're, if you're a decent person who happens to be gay, you should want nothing to do with this stuff. I have nothing to do with this stuff. I don't, anyone that's my friend that happens to be gay or lesbian has nothing to do with this stuff. This is a radical activist group of people that are trying to undo everything that was good. You know, the, from what I remember, and a lot of this was before my time, but the gay rights movement was always about equality. Could we have marriage equality? And they should have stopped, glad, and these organizations should have closed up shop after equality. Wow, we got equality. There are no laws discriminating against people. Let's close up shop. But they can't close up shop, right? You gotta keep the nonprofits going. You gotta keep the, the grift going in essence. It, it, it goes from something just to something that's a grift once you accomplish the goal. You accomplish the goal, but then you don't, you don't wanna tell people, oh, you're out of a job. So you ramp up the insanity. But this trans thing with what it's doing to kids, with what it's doing to gay people, because most of these kids that they're converting into girls are probably just gay boys or vice versa. It's, so it's radically anti-gay, it's anti-child. I think would argue it's anti-human because it's anti-truth. 
It's messy, it's messy. Uh, Richard says, would you agree that the announcement of RFK Jr. that he's running as president as a Democrat will have a divisive impact on the Democrat party, which could provide an advantage to the Republican candidate? I believe RFK Jr. will get Bernied, screwed by the Dems, regardless of how he does in the primaries, but if he shows well, uh, will he run as an independent? The split, the split the vote opportunity that could assure a Republican victory. Uh, look, so first off, I don't know what makes him a Democrat anymore, but let's just put that aside. He's decided to run as a Democrat. The, the machine, the DNC, the Democrat machine will do everything possible to crush this guy. They are never putting him in a debate. Joe Biden will not be debating. They will slander and destroy this guy. Look, Bernie was the guy with the momentum last time, really two times ago, and, they, and Hillary, they cut the deal, they crushed him, and now Bernie's largely irrelevant, which is kind of good, but it may have just delayed the inevitable with these socialists anyway. But they, they will just ignore this guy, try to destroy him, lie about him, blah, blah, blah. What would be interesting to me, I don't know what makes him a Democrat, so it's like, why didn't you just jump in on the Republican side where you'll have some support because he's so, his main thing right now is exposing Fauci and the COVID machine. It's like, you would get some people to support you. And then it's like, wait, we could have Trump and DeSantis and Nikki and Pompeo and Vivek and RFK Jr. and a couple other people on that debate stage. That's a, what a wide swath of interesting people all with their own kind of unique perspectives on things. And he would get on the debate stage. That's the key part. He would get more momentum. So why he's doing it as a Democrat I don't fully understand. Maybe he feels, you know, the Kennedy name is so associated with the Democrat party, or maybe he does it for a little while to further expose how corrupt the Democrat party is. And then he says, hey, even me as a Kennedy, I'm out. That would be something, right? I can't take this anymore. The Kennedys are out from the Democrat party. That would, that would actually have, have some weight to it. Uh, Oak says, tell us about Passover at your house. How do you identify with the Israelites escaping Egyptian slavery? Do you use a book to guide your thinking and immersion into history? Well, I'm glad you asked the question. Actually, we did the first night. My sister and her husband and three kids, they had their third child uh, two weeks after we had Justin. So uh, we've got a lot of babies around here. Uh, they live in Miami and we did the uh, Seder at their house. And it was really lovely. We used, Dennis Prager has written uh, a Haggadah called, Haggadah is the story of Passover that you read at the table, uh, called the Rational, uh, I think it's called the Rational Haggadah. And it basically, there are quotes literally from Jordan Peterson in there. He does what Dennis does, which is just like a very human way of explaining ancient ideas. And we went through that and then we did some stuff for the kids and all that. And I would say what I said at the top of the show, uh, the idea of exodus and creation is, is deeply interesting to me because I guess maybe humans are always in it, right? Like leaving something and creating something new. But I think we are really, really in it right now in that the old world is coming to an end. It's clawing to, to stay around and keep attention and everyone look at it. But there's a new world being built, whether it brings us to that Bitcoin question, whether it brings us to new media, new tech, all of those things like, that actually is what the story is. And it's scary to get there, right? That's the whole point. That was the point of the golden calf too. They had, they had been wandering the desert and they still wanted to worship something. We can get to that promised land. I think we can, let's keep going. Uh, David says, do you think any of this Trump indictment will matter either way in the long run? Unless something major changes, the Democrats already have all elections in their pockets. I'm just frustrated because it's now obvious that we, have no, that we no longer have equal justice, so it's not a stretch to apply this inequality to elections also. Uh, look, 
it's impossible to say what this is going to do, this Trump indictment, and the fact that they're not having another hearing until December 4th. Like, who knows what is going to happen before then? You know, it sounds like the first debate will be in August, so, you know, all the candidates will basically have had to have jumped in at that point. Is Trump, is this gonna hamper his ability to raise funds? It seems like no so far. He's raising a lot of money right now. You know, as I said the last couple of days, it's interesting because Trump announced this candidacy for re-election in September. We had about three months of quiet Trump. He wasn't saying much. There wasn't a lot of momentum behind it. Uh, now they've reignited the momentum. Look, the X factor in all of this obviously is whether DeSantis gets in or not. I think there's every reason to think that he is getting in. I also think his window is getting shorter because it's like at some point where if everyone thinks you're in and you're not saying it, like you can play that game for a certain amount of time and then at some point you can't play it. So he has to make some decisions on that. And then we kind of see where everybody else shakes out. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the machine is gonna do to, to take out Trump. I think the other part of this is, you know, they may have really just knocked Trump off his A game here because if you watch the speech at Mar-a-Lago the night he got back from New York from the hearing, uh, it was more complaining Trump rather than attacking Trump. And even though I've been somewhat frustrated with some of the attacks that I think have been overboard, Trump is at his best when he's going on the offense and, and going after the machine and joking and being silly. They could just bog him down in endless lawsuits. He also has this major thing coming out of Georgia and he just may be so distracted and there may be just too much craziness around it. Like you gotta get good people around you. That That's one of my other arguments for DeSantis lately, which is I've, met most of the people in the operation, right? And it's like, these are good people. They don't have leaks. There's a competency there and everything else. Trump has trouble getting good people, right? That was one of the things that even, even the most ardent Trump supporter will tell you that he had trouble staffing uh, during the White House. And, and that's a real issue. So there's a lot of distractions here and uh, we shall see. Florida Man Chuck says, let's say we get past this madness. Do you think the far left will just die out or live in the darkness like the remaining KKK members, look, they're never gonna fully go away. And that is what has been so dangerous about what these progressives have done. They have become cult-like in their belief. You cannot get these people out of that cult. You can get a few to trickle out every now and again, but that's why we should always be going for whatever is remaining of a sane left. And as much as I make fun of these people, there is a certain amount of people like that. It's why I always say, you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. My point to these people is you can't be that. You don't have to just say you're a Republican. You don't have to register as a Republican, but you probably, if you care about freedom or any, anything decent and you dig America, you gotta start voting for Republicans for now. But yes, that, that thing, if, if you look at the, the KKK, let's say, as a, as a cult-like organization, whatever's left of it, whatever vestiges are left of it, wherever that is, that's what will hopefully be the ending for these people. I would just want them to be pushed to the margins of society. And when some, you know, crazed drag queen gets up there and starts lecturing how they want to dance in front of children, everyone will be like, ha ha, no. And, and then that would be it. Sorry, that's not what we do in a serious society. That, that would be the, the nice result of this thing. Uh, Buttercup says, have Justin and Luke had their first taste of Wagyu yet? They have not had Wagyu yet, but Justin is starting the, uh, the solid foods. He's doing the carrots, he's doing the avocado. Um, what else have we done? You know, you gotta like be very soft and, and gingerly with it and mush it. We kind of just mush it around, give him a spoon, kind of let him do his thing. You know, it can be a little nerve wrecking because they'll kind of cough for just a second and all that stuff. 
So I think Luke will be there probably in about a month, but they have not had Wagyu yet. Uh, but we do have, I got this sick Wagyu ribeye that we have been sitting on. It's frozen right now. It's just sitting in there waiting. And maybe I could, maybe I could just like dip his finger in a little Wagyu juice. Mm, mm, mm. Mike says, who would win in a hooker banging and crack smoking competition? Andrew Gilliam or Hunter Biden? Would have been funny if there was just no options there. Just like I have to just pick, generally speaking, who would win in such a... Uh, look, well, Andrew Gilliam, for the record, uh, I don't think he was smoking crack. I think he was doing meth. Uh, Hunter Biden is more of a crack guy. It's a fine line between crack and meth, and that's your main takeaway for the show today. Uh, who would win in a hooker banging? Was, was Gilliam with hookers? I don't know if he was with hookers. I think he was just with some friends. Oh, they were hookers? They were male hookers. Okay, so he was with male hookers. Hunter Biden likes female hookers. But who's to say what a woman is, really? So, and, and who's to say what the difference between crack and meth is? Next question, Zionist says, Dave let it slip that he and the whole team are coming to Israel in a few weeks. When will you be doing any shows here? I haven't seen anything advertised in the homeland. Yes, so we are going to Israel and Hungary. Uh, I'm leaving on the 26th. My first day in Israel will be on the 27th. The team's joining me on the 28th. We will be there till I believe May 5th. I've got uh, an event at a conference at the end, which I'm sure we're gonna get some video on. We're gonna go to the holy sites, we're gonna tour. I'm gonna try to interview Bibi and a bunch of other political leaders. Uh, no one, oh no, Brock on my team has been to Israel before, but the rest have not. So really wanna just uh, just go around the country and, and see it and experience it and get some video out there. Uh, then in Hungary, I'm doing a conference and a talk. I'm also gonna try to put on some live show in Israel. So yeah, I will do some kind of meetup for sure most likely in Tel Aviv. We'll do some kind of ticketed event at some point and, uh, and just stay tuned, more, more to come. We're, we're putting it together right now. Uh, Quinn says, some wins in the first quarter, losses to begin the second quarter. Seems like Dave's prediction of 2023 is already coming true. Setting up for wins in the third quarter, <laughs> losses in the fourth. Uh, with most election years being a shit show, how are you looking to relax this non-election year? Well, you know, I've been thinking about what I'm gonna do for Off the Grid August, but as I just mentioned, I think the first debate is in August, and because I'm now so close to all of this, I don't know that I wanna sit that out. I wanna to go to all the debates, I really do. So I don't wanna give up that, the portion of time, really. Like that month when I don't have a phone and I don't know the news and everything else, like it, it, I'm telling you, it has kept me sharp and sane throughout this, and uh, it, it's good for the brain, it's good for the spirit. It's good physically, like the whole thing. I also, I really like the fact that my guys get to take an extended period of time off. You know, we, we do put up content in August. That's what we did last year. Uh, but I always say to my guys, it's how I say uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, it's like, you do your work whenever you do it. If, you, if that means you don't have to work for two weeks, that's just great. Like as long as everything gets done and amazingly no one's let me down yet. So, uh, so we're in good shape on that front. Um, how do I stay sane? Um, I like my big green egg. I like to smoke some food. I like my tequila. I like my hot tub. I like shooting hoops, pretty much it. So uh, look, it's, it's going to ramp up, right? Like by August, the crazy is really gonna ramp up and we're gonna be a, just in another election cycle. It just is what it is. But I would say, as I often say on this show, it's like if I can do that, maintain my sense of humor, not take it too seriously, but it is serious at moments and, and keep my door open so I can interview as many of these people as possible and we can keep fighting for a freer country, that would be good. Brad says, how has it been back, uh, how's it been on the back end of Locals and Rumble since Mug Club went live? 
been awesome seeing so many people making the jump from YouTube to Crowder's show, which has been lights out since the return. So I'm sure most of you know this already. Uh, Crowder, obviously, uh, he left, left the blaze and then got into that big freaking brouhaha with the Daily Wire. He ended up with us over here on Rumble. And the whole idea of Rumble and Locals is that we give you the platform and the tools to do whatever you want. We can give you the tools to create a subscription network, which is what, what I created with Locals that Crowder now uses for Mug Club. Rumble, we don't care what you say. It's just you go out and say it. If you break the freaking law, you got a bigger problem than us. So we were there to just help him build a business. And uh, I'm not allowed to tell you the numbers. I don't even know all the full numbers, but I think the, the numbers that were public last I heard within a day or two of getting on Rumble and, and Locals and Mug Club and the whole thing, he had about 60,000 uh, annual subscribers. So he's crushing it on there. Uh, that's obviously good for the company. It provides other resources to do all sorts of other things. And there's just so much good going on with Rumble. Uh, I, I just can't overstate like how good this team is. And you know, we've got the offices on the west coast of Florida, the Rumble offices. We've got the locals offices here in Miami. We're, we're building, we're, we are building those pipes. They said, build it. They said, build your own internet. We said, okay, so uh, much more to come. But I'm, but I'm really thrilled the Crowder's a part of this thing. Um, Crystal says, how scared are you about the country your boys will grow up in? I've been rather optimistic about things of late, but with this unprecedented indictment of Trump, I really wonder if we've fallen too far down that slippery slope to right this ship. You know, I just, it sounds corny, but I think you always have to have hope, right? Like you do, and, and this is bad. Like it really is bad, which is why I think I've made it fairly obvious in the last week. I have no problem, despite some of my frustrations with Trump lately and the fact that I do think it's DeSantis's time. I have no problem 100%, no daylight, airtight, defending Donald Trump over this. This is, this is exactly what the machine does. This guy should not be in jail nor in this nonsense, ridiculous indictment, especially in a place with such selective enforcement of the law like New York City through this Alvin Bragg guy, the DA, the Soros-funded DA. Um, but I do have hope. I do have hope because, look, if this is the best of the best, if Joe Biden and AOC and these clowns, if these are the best of the best we're fighting, they're not that great. And maybe, you know, the depressing part, I guess, would maybe be that the United States that, you know, I always say, let's go back to 1995, maybe that thing can never come back, right? And maybe it can't. And that could be a function of time marches on and how technology changes us and the changing of the media and, and just everything about our modern world. Maybe we can't get back to that, but at the state level, I think we can. And that's why I always say that, I mean, the funny thing and part of the reason I'm able to do this show and not go crazy, my day-to-day -day life in my home, in, in the city that I live in, in the state that I live in is pretty damn good. Then I wake up in the morning and I gotta look at the news and I go, man, there's a lot of crazy nonsense coming out of DC and that's a freaking corrupt place and everything else. But I'll also tell you, look, a couple of weeks ago we went to DC and I saw a crop of Republicans. We've posted all of the interviews a crop of Republicans that was pretty darn good and, and trying, to, trying to limit the state and, and fix things. So there's always hope, you gotta have hope. And when it comes to the kids, yeah, I mean, as I've said before, it just, it just instills in me that I have double, triple, quadruple, eight times the reason to fight, right? Because it's on me. Like, I, as someone that I guess has a tiny bit of influence in any of this, my, my duty is doubly incumbent that I better fight for the right things so that these kids can have at least a, as good a life as I had. Uh, one more for you. Amy says, which interview in DC did you enjoy the most? You don't have to say the, the McCarthy one because we did it live with so many of you from locals, about a hundred of you, and then we took the tours and there was a certain energy in the room and it was fun to walk 
uh, through the Capitol with McCarthy, the, the House leader and all that. That was, that was awesome to one degree. The one that I probably enjoyed the most was I had never met my Congresswoman, Maria Salazar. I had never met her before, but she's our Congresswoman here in Miami. And she was just a ball of energy and joy. And, and she loves America. And she, at the end, I just, I basically, I don't think I ended it properly. I just kind of turned to the camera and I was like, man, that was easy. Cause she just was just so overflowing with, uh, with joy and, and goodness. And I believe that interview is up already, right? They're, they're all up as of today. I think JD Vance will go up today, Monday. And uh, I believe the Salazar interview went up on Friday and uh, yeah, just, Stuff is a happening, as they say. Uh, guys, if you want to join us for the next Q&A, rubenreport.locals.com. We leave you with a crying AOC. There is no post-game show today, but we will be back live at 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Goodbye. Murdered because you're alive and you're basically intact. You weren't murdered, buddy. Here's your words. Here's your words. I was murdered. You were murdered. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.